So, uh, so what I'd like to discuss today, very relevant, because uh, as you know, there's a lot of good causes out there. Of course, Hebrew free loan is, is a good one, but JEI is a much better cause. But, um, but uh, there, there are a lot of causes and a lot of needs out there, as we know, anyone involved in, in any community, specifically the Jewish community, knows there's a lot of people knocking on your door, sending you emails, calling you, and uh, asking for your hard-earned money. Um, and the question becomes, um, how, how does one make these choices? How does one prioritize? When should you not give? And whom should you not give? There's, there's, when we're dealing with priority, there's not just three different uh, things that maybe we'll touch on and then we'll discuss some dilemmas. One is you have priority of who to give, meaning as individuals, what um, or causes. So priority in what cause is a cause. Um, would you read this class with them? Can you hear this one? Okay. I've heard okay. it a little bit. So who knows what cause is the is a more important cause, and then you have another list. So that's priority question number one. Priorities in in needs in what causes is is giving to uh, you know Planned Parenthood, Red Cross, um, the mayoral campaign, right? Or right those are causes or food. People need food, clothing, um, whatever causes there are. There's a lot of causes out there. Torah study. Beth uh, Sheridan Building Fund, right? There's a lot of different things. Harvey survivors. So that's question number so one. Good yes, it's a lot of good causes. And then question number two, the priority list number two would be, I mean, in order of priority, what's considered priority when you're dealing with who to give to, people-wise, individual-wise. So meaning you have a brother-in-law who's not too well, he has one cause, um, who has one need, and you have your ex-wife, and you have your your friend from high school and what your friend from college. Yeah. She's on the list too. We're gonna to talk about that. It's not funny. It's, it's a real thing. You're a, you're just because she's your ex doesn't mean you get some kind of help. Okay, unless she helped her, unless she helped herself already. Oh. Okay. So um, so now you so there's there's a list of of uh, besides of needs priority needs. There's also priority um, who to help. Priority of whom. Which individuals go above other individuals? Okay, and sometimes those conflict, those two lists. So you need to know how to deal with that when there's a conflict between, let's say, someone who, someone you should help, as we're going to talk about first, but he has less of a need than someone who has a greater need, who's a lower down on the priority. So the cause might override the individual. Okay, so that's number one. Then um, there's also a question of how to give. Meaning, is it better to go give, put it, open up a, for, you know, open up a. A, a fund, go to the federation, it's better to give privately yourself, individually, what's the best ways of giving? So that's a third a third issue which needs to be uh, discussed. Um, and then we'll discuss also, what, again, defining what's considered charity in general. What needs, there are some needs that maybe it's not considered charity, or it's not. Okay, so, so we're going to start with actually on your sheet here, they're not numbered, but if you look at the last paragraph on page three, I guess, one, turn open up inside the sheet, and then, actually, because the, we're going to start with the Torah itself. The Torah itself, believe it or not, addresses this issue head on. Um, in the verse, which I don't have a chumash here, but I put it in English here, in the verses itself, the Torah seems to address this. So, so the first thing to understand is, in Judaism, charity is not just a nice thing. It's not just a good deed. You know, okay. Hey, charity one? Come closer, you gotta, uh, come closer, you're too far. Seriously, whoa. Charity is not just a good deed. 
it's an it's obligatory, meaning, you know, it's not people say, okay, you know, I gotta give sin, it's a nice thing to give charity. It's not just a nice thing, it's not crossing the old lady's street. It's it's the Torah says it's an obligation. Giving your money away is actually obligatory. Um, as we'll see. So so it's not even though the Torah says it, it, it's interesting and if you, I only I didn't put the Hebrew on the sheet, but if you look at the where the quote from Deuteronomy on the bottom it says, If there shall be a destitute, if there shall be a destitute person among you. That's not an if, as we know, in any society there is always gonna be destitute people. So it's not if you if there's a destitute person, you know, it's not a choice. It's not like the Torah is giving you a multiple choice here. You know, you want to help someone you can. You you're you're obligated to help um, people as we'll see in most cases. Um, the question is, what happens if you need help yourself? So we'll discuss that also. The Torah says very clearly, if you look at the verses there, if there shall be a destitute person among you. Now the Torah immediately discusses priorities, even though it's not explicit, but I'm going to explain to you. The Talmud extrapolates from here the priority list right away. The Torah says Does like the this. Torah say you have to give 10% of your income? So that's a good question. Not 10% of income is a different place. The, the Torah doesn't discuss. Ten percent. The Torah doesn't discuss income. The Torah discusses um, in when it, in those days it was an agricultural society. So that is a biblical obligation. The uh, Torah says to give ten percent, something called maaser, which means ten percent of your agricultural yield of your agriculture had to be given away to debt to indigent people. Okay. Woo. This. Sorry, the freeway is the parking lot. Are you doing time for me. <laughs> What color do you like? I didn't know it was agriculture. So the, the biblical obligation is specifically agriculture. Okay? Sign in. And um, Alan, you look cold. I am. Okay, so again, the biblical obligation is specifically the biblical. Yeah, I'm, I'm Clive, I'm answering your question. The biblical obligation is of of 10% is not of your income. It's of your agriculture. It's only the Torah only discussed in the context of agriculture. It means if you're a farmer, you have a ranch, so whatever in your crop, 10% needs to be given off the top of your crop yield. Okay. Now, how does that apply to today where we're not... But what if you're not a farmer? Oh, so if you're not a farmer, so today, um, please pass some, some food. You go, we have two types of chicken, healthy and unhealthy. Healthy and unhealthy. And are you are you vegan these days? No. Because we don't allow vegans in the class. That's good to know. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the so the point is so again if when it comes to your income, it's there's actually two opinions whether it's an app, it's obligatory it's biblical actually three opinions is it biblical ten percent I gave one um, is it yeah. rabbinical or some say it's optional really it's not might not even be obligatory ten percent of the income. We like to say, as rabbis, we are, we are very strict, and we say yes, 10% of your income should be given to charity. But that, by the way, and also Please. that's yes, that's a minimum. Meaning it says now, it's not, sorry, it's not a minimum. It says someone who gives that, that's they're called average. Really, you should give even more. And by the way, it's of your net income, not of your gross. Oh, good okay, good. okay. <laughs> so it's net income, and uh, the, the other thing is, it's um, as we're going to discuss, you can fulfill many of your pledges. We'll discuss that also 
um, later on. Yeah, I think David David's signing. Sign. Yeah, um, how many people in the world do they give 10% of your net? Um, yeah, listen, Bill Gates does. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Um, Sam Walton for sure does. No way. After. Not a way. None of them are giving the bank. Depends, depends what you consider. Net. Again. Yeah, but it's a, 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 it's and you own the business, so you don't have to pay. Business owns it. That's New York. We're talking about what you actually put into your private bank. Listen, if you use the business as your cash cow, then that's something else. Then it's, then it's your, your account. I'm talking about because you have a separate business account, and you keep cash in there, and it could be millions in there. That's not you don't you don't take. That's not you're not obligated to take miser out there. Miser means you're spending money, right? You're gonna what comes into your personal bank. Okay, so now. So now the, look, if you look at the verses here, so again, we're looking at the verses in the bottom paragraph. So the, 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 the Torah spells out very clearly what the priorities are. Okay, so it starts off, and you look, you have to look at these verses. But again, it says, it shall be a destitute person among you. I mean, the Torah understands, and I'll get to that at the end, that there's no, not everything is, not all causes, and not all people are created in. That means not everyone that knocks on my door and asks for money do I have to give to, as we'll see. And not everyone... Everyone that comes, should I give the same amount? Because obviously, as we understand, there's causes that are more important, like HFLA and like, right. There are causes that are more important, there are causes that are less important. Planned Parenthood is, is not as important as HFLA or the Red Cross or, or whatever it is, right? So there, so there are causes that are more important and less important, and there are needs that are less important, um, and and people that are more important and more priority than not priority. So the Torah understand that. As a matter of fact, if you start from the end of the verse, the verse says, um, "You shall not harden your heart nor close your hand against your destitute brother." brother. Okay. So now the Vilna Gaon says a beautiful uh, explanation to this. He says, "Why is the Torah repeated? Don't harden your heart. Don't close your hand. What is you know?" Because you could close your heart but still give, like grudgingly. That's also a point that Maimonides makes that point. We'll talk about that and the levels of how to give. But there's another. The Vilna Gaon says a beautiful point. He says, "When you close your hand, it's a very interesting thing. I don't get, you know, if you could eat with one hand while you look at this." And use your hand. If you close your fist, Torah says, don't close your fist. So all your fingers look even. Actually, it's a fascinating thing. If you close your fist, everything is straight. Your fingers look all the same size. I don't know why that is. In the laws of physics, when you open your hand, obviously you see that they're really different sizes. It says the Vilna Go, and the Torah is telling you, don't close your hand. Don't look at all charity equally. If you close your fist, everything looks equal. Don't look at the Torah is telling you, uh, see why do you say don't hidden message. Charity equally? Because you weren't listening. I just said there's different causes. There are priorities. There's some causes that are more important than others. Some people are more important than others. Who you give to, how you give, what okay. you give. So don't look at all charity equal. Not everyone, you know, the person, there are some people, you know, my, my mother, gets a, she gets 50 letters in the mail, piles up, and she sends everyone the same uh, $18 check or $10 check. Right, that's wrong. That's not, that's not the right way to do it. Because so how do you it, define which charity is better than the other? 
getting there. We just started the class. Give me a chance. <laughs> okay, so so as uh, so you understand this, what the Vilna Gaon is explaining here, so you close your fist, all your fingers look equal. Sells the Torah. Do not close your fist. You got to realize everything has different. There's different priorities in your fingers in how to give. Okay, that's number one. So now, what are the priorities? So the first thing is five. If you listen, you'll hear the different priorities. Five. If you listen, then you can ask me the question again. So the Torah says like this. It says, again, let's read the verse. It shall be a destitute person amongst any of your brethren in any of your cities. So the first thing the Torah mentions is, in Hebrew the word is achicha, your brethren. So the first, says the Talmud and the Rambam, extrapolates from this verse, the first on the priority list, when we, this is not causes, this is talking about people-wise. Who do you give to first? First is family. Okay, number one is your brother. So that means um, family comes before any other needs. Okay, and by the way, if you turn the page here, to the back of the page, you see there's a priority list. The first one is, one thing, let me finish my statement. The first one is the donor himself. That means you yourself. You asked before about giving 10%. Let's say you're working in a restaurant, God forbid, and, and making minimum wage. Okay, so you don't have enough money to give to other people because you can't cover your own rent. So you don't have to give charity. Charity starts at home. It means your needs come before anyone else. So besides, even before Akhicha, for your brother is your own needs. So if you can't cover your own expenses, you don't have to give 10% to charity. Okay, that's number one. So number one on the list is really you yourself. That means obviously it's not charity, but the point is if you yourself can't cover your expenses with your own income, that means it doesn't, again, if, you're, if you can't make your Ferrari payments, that's something else. But we're talking about if you can't pay the rent and you can't have the basic necessities of life, you have no obligation to give to others. Yes, yeah, sorry, it's Alan. No, it's all right. You answered my question. Okay, good. It doesn't include you're taking an expensive vacation and using up all the money, though, does it? No, so again, so we'll discuss it. It is an interesting point, meaning there's needs is a very a relative statement. Subjective. A person's needs are subjective. You know, what I need and what, uh, what Clive needs is very different. Right. Okay, not personal client, but we don't have the same needs. Me and you. Me and you. Yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> okay. Probably so meaning what, as they say, what one person's luxury is another person's necessity. Right. So that is, by the way, as we'll see, a Torah object. The Torah does agree to that concept. Meaning people in Africa you have a lot lower, uh, what's it called, threshold the quality of life. People right. here, so they don't need... Uh, you know, a car every every year. They don't have to lease a new car. They're very happy <coughs> driving. Uh, you know, I'm very happy. He's told last year I had a 1998 uh, Camry. I was very happy. Didn't have had no problems. You know, uh, so I was very happy with. That's so so meaning so my needs again. Clive needs to lease a car every uh, every two years. A, a, new car. a car. A car. You need to get your hearing checked, Clive. But probably right. happy. It doesn't matter that you're happy or not. Uh, that is true. That is true. So the needs of your family, we'll talk about that. So needs is a relative statement, so we're going to discuss that. That has to do with the causes. So meaning if, so so again, the f so first we're discussing people, then we'll get to the cause, the needs, okay? So does the Torah say you're supposed to give charity to a Jewish organization before another organization? So we're, we're that's a very loaded question. and can't discuss it in public because I'm being taped here, but, but yes, the meaning, again, it has to do with this priority list, meaning your family comes first. As you'll see, the family extends, but Jews are more family than non-Jews. So in priority list, again, you, ha you should give to non-Jews too, non-Jewish cause. We don't only give to Jewish causes, but 
first you have to take care of the Jewish causes. Once you've taken care of the Jewish causes, then you can go on to other causes. So it's a good point. I, I'll tell you a great story. I had, um, I, I think I might have said it here in the past, um, a f- uh, sister-in-law's brother, and this was in 1973, I said it, we said it in the immigration class, when the, when the Vietnamese boat people were coming to America, before my days, but some of you might remember. Um, so uh, I think it was in 73, and those are old enough to remember that. So, uh, so the, uh, the, the, the people were going out of protesting, they were turning back the boats to Vietnam, and, uh, and people were going out of protesting, burning their bras and whatever they were doing. So the, so the, uh, so uh, this guy went and asked Ramos Feinstein this question: Should we, as a Jewish community, go and join the protests against, you know, sending back the Vietnamese boat people? So Ramos Feinstein told him was one of the biggest halach decisors at the time, he said, of course we have to do that, we have to protest with everyone else. So if this service is being done to, to anyone in the community, we have to protest. He said, but first, did you protest for the Jewish causes, or whatever was happening in the Jewish community? There's a lot of injustices happening in the Jewish community. But first we have to take care of our own community. Once you took care of your own community, then you can go ahead and take and start fighting other causes. So of course we have an obligation to solve the world's problems. But first you got to solve the problems at home, which is really what we're saying here. So there's a hierarchy of, of priorities. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is that a strict hierarchy, meaning that no attempt should be made to diversify? So we're going to talk about that now. So it's not saying you give all your charity. So we're going to get to that. First, let's go through the list, but meaning it's a very good point. Meaning, so let's say you have a brother, who, uh, an actual brother, who needs, uh, is, who doesn't have a job, just was fired, he needs, he has a lot of needs, can't pay the rent, can't pay the mortgage. So yes, you have an obligation to give the bulk of your charity to him. But of course, you should give other causes too, but it means... The bulk of the charity goes first to take care of the, your family. After that's done, again, if, if, you, if you yourself can't pay the mortgage, you have no obligation at all. And we're saying when you're helping in the priority list, helping your relatives, um, so your relatives get would get the bulk, or, or in all the priorities we're going to discuss, not only about people, about causes too. doesn't mean you, sh- you of course, you should diversify and do whatever you can, but then you could give the $18 check to the, you know, to Planned Parenthood or whatever. Yeah. So I was looking the other day at some of the wealthiest... Don't tell us what you were looking at. Because ...wealthiest Jewish countries, and they did maybe to Jewish women. Of course. Jewish and so it's Jews That's why we're giving this class. That's exactly why we're giving this class. You're right. Most most people give to the... You know, all the liberal, you know, save the whales, save the... Save the whatever. You know, they're saving everyone else, but unfortunately the Jewish community... They're not. Uh, they're not excited. About it. They're not as exciting as the uh, as as seals and whales. We would know more about this. No, lots of the. Probably Shel Adelson's probably one of the wealthiest. He's one of the favorite person. Because right, so he's, cause, cause he's not interested in saving the whales. That's he's right. Exactly, he's right. We. Right, but he does. He, he gives the major Jewish countries. He probably gives almost all the Jewish. Yeah, right. Not all. A lot. Mostly. Gives to a lot of campaigns. Right, wow. So listen, there are some good Jews out yeah. there, but... Wow. But, but you're right, also, a lot of wealth, Jewish wealth is going to non-Jewish. Yeah. It's not a lot. I mean, it's, it's not a lot. It's a lot If you look at every uh, cause out there, every liberal cause out there, it's all... When you look at the donor list and the, and the board list, it's all Jews. Um, and to be on the board, you have to give X amount. I mean, you look at, uh, like I said, the Planned Parenthood, and even in this city, Houston, uh, I know many Jews are on the board of Planned Parenthood and they're giving a lot of money. Um, uh, you know, a lot of these liberal causes, which are 
very much Jewish supported, and they're all. Uh, look at Peter. Peter is all Jewish. I mean, 80% of the Peter board is Jewish. Animal rights. I mean, things like that. If, if, if you believe uh, that the charity violates uh, halakha, for, for example, Planned Parenthood is not only is it not only good to give to them, but is it forbidden to give to them if oh, they are serious violators? Well, it's not charity. That's number one. If, it's, if they're violating Allah, it's not charity. It's a different question. I'm not getting into whether they're violating Allah because they're non-Jewish. Whatever. That's a different question. But but any charity, if you like, let's not pick on Planned Parenthood, any charity that is doing something which is against the Torah, of course, first of all, it's not a charity in the Torah's eyes. It's not help. You know, charity means it's a good, it's a worthy cause. It's not a worthy cause. Obviously, you can't fulfill your obligation by giving by giving that charity, and you shouldn't be supporting a cause that's against Torah values. Again, I'm not saying which ones are which, but let's say something like uh, juvenile diabetes. It's a very good thing. But is it going to be? Where is it on the priority list? So, so no, so that's something else because the Torah's obligation. Listen, guys, I heard your question. Is that a law that you can't discriminate? you can do that if you want. Giving them free, it's a service. It's private free, funds. free loan. Oh, it's private. It's, it's interest free loan. I don't have to give it, I can give a loan to whoever I want. Even if I'm charging it. You can do anything you want when it's private funds. Yeah. Besides that, the, the whole Hebrew free loan concept is based on that the Torah says you, you can't charge Jews interest. I mean, you charge not Jews. It's a thing. It is. Beautiful thing. People that, that are battling to, to, to go get a loan. Yes. Okay. So now, so continuing on the, in the verse here, in the verse on the bottom of the right side, it says, so the first statement again is your brother. So if you look at the priority list, it says, it said wife, now, brother just doesn't specifically mean brother. Talmud understands that to mean family. And in the family, there's a hierarchy of, of priorities. So, so the first thing is your wife and, and kids, obviously, which we said charity starts at home. Many people are very, they're very excited to help everyone else except their wife and kids. So the first thing is wife and kids. Um, that is, again, their needs are considered charity. So let's say it's a question of, should I um, give to an outside charity or should I send my kids to Jewish day school? It's cost a heck of a lot of money for those that are aware. Right? So one second. So, so of course, your wife and kids take precedence. So Sending your kids to Jewish day school is more important than giving to, okay. to uh, even HFLA, if I may say. So, um, so that's number one. But it, so, so, so let's just go through, continue with the verse. Then the birth verse goes on like this. Shh, shh, shh. Quiet, quiet. Then the verse says like this. After brethren, after achicha, it says bisharacha in the Hebrew. And I didn't put the Hebrew here, I apologize. It says bisharacha. Bisharacha means in your gates, which the Talmud means in your city. So you, the poor of your city comes before. If you're watching late, late night TV and they show uh, they're raising funds for cleft palate in Uganda or wherever, kids with cleft palate, it's very nice and it pulls at your heart. And these poor kids have cleft palates and we want to help them. But the poor of your city come first. That means the poor of Houston, again, the Jewish community is before the non-Jewish community. So the, until you take care of the poor of Houston, you cannot give, you shouldn't be giving to the cleft palate. So you can give them 10 bucks, that's fine. Again, the bulk of your charity should be going to the poor of your city prior to the poor of anywhere else. So that means if someone comes back and you do it from Israel, and they say they have 15 kids and their wife uh, needs surgery, whatever, well, we'll get to that case. That's a different situation, but you know they have to marry off their kids or they 
and whatever they're doing. So they, you do not give them unless you've given first to the poor of Houston. The poor of your city have priority, especially the poor in your community. Because you're diving in a specific shul, a specific synagogue, and you know there's an indigent person there who has needs. They come before the person of another shul. So there's the poor of your city, which means again, so we're extending, we're starting with the family nucleus, extend to the family, and we'll go through that list, and then to the poor of your city, then it says, and then the, the next verse, the next uh, words in the verse say, in your land. Okay, what does in your land mean? Then the poor of Israel come. Your land means referring to Eretz HaKodesh, means Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael means the land of Israel. So that, that means, that means then after you've given Houston, you still can't give the cleft palate in Uganda. Or, or in Kenya, wherever they're asking for. You have to give the poor of Israel come next on the list. Okay, so again, you got it, family, your city, poor of Israel. And by the way, even within the poor of Israel, as we'll see, people, it says residents of Jerusalem come before the rest of the country. It's a higher level of Kedusha, of holiness. So, so that's really, based on, these, uh, on this verse right here, that's where we come up with the priority list on the back. So we turn to the back, the Torah, based on the verse we just read. Okay, we'll get, out. <laughs> get to that part. So I'll explain that. Don't worry. Well, everything has an explanation. Right, so I'm number three, by the way. <laughs> I'm, uh, some payments are not kept. So the so first thing is, again, let's start from the top. Don't himself, wife and small children, that's obvious. For herself. What's, for herself, yes. Now, what's, what's interesting is so when we throw this with the Maimonides throws this in here, number three, it means a rabbi, it says, who's taught without payment. It means if the rabbi's not getting paid for his job, because officially, by the way, you know, you're not allowed to charge. It's very important to know, you're not allowed to charge for Torah stuff. Um, it's a, actually a verse in the Torah. We read it at the end of Sosabrach. Uh, 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 it says, Just as God gave Moses the Torah for free, um, you cannot charge anyone for any mitzvah, by the way. Now I charge for any mitzvah. Okay? So now, technically speaking, so the reason when I come here, I'm only charging for the CLE and the chicken and the food. I can't charge you for my services of teaching the Torah. Now I charge. Okay? Um, by the way, so um, because it's prohibited to charge. So it says the Rebbe taught without payment comes before parents. It's a fascinating concept. So why? Says the Talmud. Amani discusses this and he codifies it. He says because your parents, they're nice people, some, most of them, um, most of the time. So, but they only are helping you in this world, meaning they're helping you to, in your physical life. Your Rebbe is helping you in your eternal life. He's teaching you Torah, so he's higher priority because he, he's the appearance of changing your diapers. Yeah, they paid for college, <coughs> pay for tuition, but the, that's the physical world. You, your Rebbe's helping you for your uh, your eternal life, so he, he gets priority when it comes to who you're going to help. Okay, please take notes and underline it. Thank you. So, um, uh, so, so that's uh, as far as. By the way, Rebbe, uh, just a disclaimer. Rebbe, when it says Rebbe, it means. Uh, my family says that means it has to be what's called a Rebbe Mufak. That means someone who taught you most of your Torah, most of your wisdom. It's not just any rabbi. It means uh, you know you went to a class once. Doesn't mean you have to help again. It means someone who taught you most of your of your of your spiritual knowledge. That's what that's the Rebbe we're talking. About. Okay. Um, so it's not any any time the canary rabbi. It has to be someone who comes on a monthly basis, feeds you, and teaches you. Okay. So. Uh, 
So the next then of course parents, grandparents, this is an obvious list, as someone said, that was the this priority, young adult children. By the way, there's a question of when are you obligated to help out your children? Meaning at a certain point, as a parent, you really technically speaking, once they hit by mitzvah, they're adults, they're on their own. Technically speaking, you you can uh, right at that point you can cut them off. Um, so everything else and past that point is technically uh, oh. extra credit. Okay. Okay. Like then take them off the payroll at thirteen. When, 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 when do you make it past paying for their college and that stuff? Do you even pay for the rest? Of the uh, listen, that's your prerogative. But I'm saying there's no obligation. Technically, once they can, we'll go out to work. Once they can go out to work, they gotta go out to work. But but keep in mind, they'll be choosing your nursing home. What's that? Keep in mind, they'll be choosing your nursing home. Well, that's my my brother has the uh, has uh, have a brother who um, he I asked the caller recently. I said, did you ever buy long-term care insurance? Shh, I listen to this. I have a brother. I, I, I called him. I said. You know, do you ever look at the long-term care insurance? He says no. He has a deal. He he has four kids in medical school. Four kids. <laughs> so he says I pay when they're in medical school. I help them. That's the deal. Is that when I retire, they have to pay me back. Let me go cut that deal. Huh? This is a very good class today. Okay. So uh, it's four, but four kids in medical school is pretty expensive. Okay. So so uh, um, so again, grandchildren, brothers and sisters. And it goes uncles and aunts, first the father's side, uncles and aunts, mother's side, cousins, father's side, mother's side, etc. Remaining relatives. Divorced okay, spouse. So it's very important. Why do the father's side first and mother's side? It's a good yeah, question. Where did that come from? Yeah, I don't know. The Ram, that's what the Ram says. I just copied the list. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't remember why. Who wrote this. Same so my Maimonides. My Maimonides just gives you this list. Um, the ex wife, look at number 15. The last 10 years. So the ex wife. The ex wife back, though. No, the ex husband. Yes, obviously. Both. Number 15 is ex wife. So ex wife made it to number 15 on the list. Okay, it comes before close friends. So your ex wife, let's say she can't pay, make her car payments or her mortgage payments. What if you're in a war with her? One second. Let's not get personal. So, uh, so the point is like this. So let's see. Seriously, there's a serious thing. If your ex wife needs money for food, she comes before your close friends. Okay? This is a serious this is a halach. I can't make this stuff question. up. What if she's living with a guy you don't like? And he's going to have some of the food. Yeah, but <laughs> you're obligated to help her, not, not a boyfriend. You're obligated to help her. I'm saying yeah, help her. Okay? So what about adult children who uh, are falling on hard times? So, yeah, so that's it. We said. It's on, it's on the list. Young, young adults. Yeah, okay, well, I don't know why it says that. I mean, that's just, uh, adult, adult children come before, of course. Come before grandchildren. They're, they're, uh, young is a, it was a relative term. Okay? So then, after your ex-wife, now you start outside the family first. Okay, your close friends. Notice doesn't have mother-in-law, father-in-law is not on it. Let me just ask you a question. What about the ex-husband? If the ex-wife has money and the ex-husband doesn't have money, it's a spouse. It's a spouse. Either way. The in-laws not be on the list. Yeah, as I don't, of course they're here. I mean, it just, they didn't make it to the, you know, to the... tell my wife her parents don't count. Wow. I'll take this home to the rabbi. If your parents don't count, Hannah. Come call me on this. Okay, so then close friends. Wow. Then is community. Bullshit. So after your close friends, 
Then comes community, as you mentioned, the poor of your city, of your so shul. So close friends come before your mother-in-law? And no, he didn't say that. For some reason, mother-in-law didn't make it to the list. The assumption is, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Not sure why. That's like everybody's hate. Okay, so now... What about people else? in your country? Your mother was your mother. She's my stepmother also. Yeah, that's, that's a strange situation. We have to have a separate class on that. Yep. Marrying within the family. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now then neighbors, people in your city, and then we said Jerusalem comes before the rest of Israel, then Israel, and then you can go to the people in Rwanda with Cleft Palate or whatever it is. Wow. Or California. Okay? Or, but this is, uh, this is Maimonides' list, though. It's not necessary. Shokanach. More or less adapt. Yeah, right, maybe minor every synagogue. I think I should do a tour with you. We'll go to each synagogue. But I'm gonna kind of we didn't get to HFLA. Yeah. I want to specialize the list. Okay, no, we have to get the causes. I'll go with then you. We'll You're going to be up on Sorry. the list higher. And you what were you saying? I said in the, at the end, after the rest of the world, is California. Yeah. Uh, no, they're after Africa. People uh, do people in your city include people in your country? Well, no. Well, you sit. No, your city. Your city means your city. And then after your city, then Israel. So this is Jewish people. Israel comes Israel. first. Is Jewish everything? No, it's meaning it's a choice of giving someone in New York or someone in Israel. Israel comes first. You have the same person with equal needs. Let's right. say you have someone in New York who, who can afford his so kid's wedding. His kid's wedding. And you have someone in, in Jerusalem. You give Jerusalem before the person in New York. Understand? Rabbi, so on this list, is 16, 18, are they supposed to be Jewish first? Well, this whole list is Jewish. That's what I was trying to say. That's yeah. what I said. It's My all point Jewish. was, until 21, it's all Jewish, really. Yes, yes. So again, the obligation of charity. Got it. That's what I'm I don't want to offend anyone here, but... Nobody's here. Okay, good. good day. The obligation of charity, so so the obligation of charity is, of, is to Jews. The Torah says, help the indigent, it's referring to Jews. We have something called Dark Shalom, that means that we don't uh, of course we, we have to we realize we can't say okay I only give to Jews except Edelson will give out a statement sorry I only give to Jewish cause it doesn't, the world doesn't work like that of course we have to help everyone to be a part of a society but it, the official again because in Judaism stock is obligatory so the obligation to give is within the family which is in the Jewish community it's not about race it's not racism just like Hebrew free love you know, and someone could say, and people have said that, uh, as racist, you only give uh, interest-free loans to Jews. Non-Jews won't get interest-free loan. You know, forget about it if it's the legality of it. Just it's racist. So that the answer I always give, and this you should be aware, and to members of the Hebrew-free loan board, is it's not racism. It's just like if your brother comes to you, he needs a loan. You're not going to charge him interest. So the, the Torah is telling you the Jewish community is one family. We're all brothers. So your brother comes before the rest of the world. So it's the same thing in charity. The obligation to help out. Again, in the world, charity is not obligatory. Right? In, the, in secular society, there's no obligation to give. It's an amazing thing, by the way. If you look at, I remember when the, now uh, politicians don't, uh, are not releasing their tax returns as quickly. But in the old days, I remember the front page, I think it was Ronald Reagan's tax returns, or maybe Bush Sr. He gave, I was like shocked, you know, he gave maybe a, uh, maybe, you know, three hundred thousand dollars for charity or something. The guy's a multimillionaire. If a Jew who would have his income is giving millions, as we said, those you see sometimes these, you know, their concept of giving is is nowhere near the threshold. Listen, I'm saying Bill Gates, Sam Walton, there are many non-Jews who give. But I'm saying is the in the Jewish community, it's understood. Anyone who's of wealth is giving away a good percentage of their income, of their money, of their assets. It's not like that necessarily in the secular world. Um, so again, the, the uh, in, in the Jewish world, it's obligatory. It's not just a nice good deed. 
charity, you know, give some charity. It's obligatory. So therefore, <coughs> the obligation is only to the family, which is the Jewish people. Everything else, of course, you should give because you don't want to, you want we're part of a society. We have to help. We have to give to parks and to culture and to whatever else. Um, whatever the needs of a society are in general. And you should help the homeless and whatever it is. But the obligation, the mitzvah that we're saying is obligatory is only to Jews, technically speaking. I wouldn't say that, don't say that in public. Okay. Is that recorded? Yes. I mean, it's, like, it's like saying that you that you love your wife and your children more than other people. That yeah, it's that's what we say. Exactly, right. Exactly. Of course you do. I mean, it's, right. that's exactly the point. Okay. The duty to rescue follows pretty much the same hierarchy, does it not? Yeah, well, there this might be something different, which we'll discuss here, meaning, you know, there there's really a, a hierarchy of of uh, well between family and not, but let's say male, female, co and lady, there's different things there. It might be slightly different. But, okay. It's about the parents. Wow, buddy. I said that already. Yeah. It's, it's obvious. obvious. It's obvious. Wow. It's obvious you wrote the document. And then fire him. You vote him out. It's obvious you wrote the document. I mean, fair enough. I mean, okay. even if it was, 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 it was he hired his attorney, he had him to help draft the document. Okay, so now let's get but back. It's true that it can be construed against the drafter. So I want to I get to some interesting stuff. Besides, okay. we, there's a lot of stuff we have to cover. I'm probably not going to get to everything. So, so, uh, so we're going to get. I want to get to the cause list, which I don't have on the sheet here. Um, so the Shulchan Aruch and the Talmud discusses what about when it comes to causes. So there. So of course, the, the, the obvious cause is someone can't eat, doesn't have money for food. That's priority number one. And then comes clothing and other needs. So let's say someone uh, can't afford their car payments. That's, again, used to, one might argue, a car is a necessity. Depends where you live, which neighborhood, depends your culture. But in a certain sense, one could make that argument. So, but that's, that's in the needs, in a list of priority of needs. Of course, food takes priority of everything else. Um, and then comes, uh, let's say, clothing and other needs, which are all needs. Okay? Now, but what's interesting is the Shulchan Aruch says, um, like this, it says that um, a sh- giving to a shul um, over a, is, is actually, in a certain sense, a higher level of charity, meaning when you're prioritizing who you're giving charity to. Giving to a shul, it says, is more important than even poor people, in a certain sense. Fascinating statement. Um, and the reason is, I, I'm assuming, I didn't see this anywhere in my own rationale, is that, the, you know, meaning there's communal needs and then there's individual needs. So the communal needs sometimes will override the individual. Okay, so that's an important concept. And then it says, like this, it says, if you have an indigent, ill person, so first of all, pikuach nefesh overrides everything else. That means someone's life is in danger, of course you have to help. Okay, someone, like we're saying, someone can afford food, they literally, they're starving. Or, and we'll get to that, medical care. So, th- so this is what the, the Shulchan Aruch says. It says, if someone can't af- can afford, they're ill, and they're poor, so they take priority. Oh, by the way, I skipped one. It's a very important thing. It says, supporting the study of Torah. Um, people, it says children, let's say, uh, helping tuition fund for Jewish day school, is, is more important, um, is also, uh, in a certain sense, higher in the list than helping indigent people. Okay, because Jewish education is of almost priority. And then comes, says a shul uh, is more important than that, and equally, an ill person who's indigent. Okay, that means, let's say someone can't afford health insurance, 
they have to have a certain procedure done or they don't have health insurance, well their health insurance doesn't cover this procedure and they're poor, so they take priority over everyone else. Okay? Which is a fascinating statement. We're not going to get into the whole debate of healthcare and whatever, social medicine and Obamacare, not going there. We did, we, I think we've done that like two, three years ago, four years ago, anyone remembers. But the point is, one second, so what's the reason for that? It's an obvious reason. Because there's two mitzvahs there, meaning again, Staka was saying is mitzvah one one, help any poor person is mitzvah. When someone his life is endangered, that's another mitzvah. Torah says, as you mentioned, do not stand out of the by while someone's blood is being shed. That means if someone if you can help save someone's life, you have an obligation to save their life. So here you have this one person who has both you're fulfilling those two mitzvahs. By one payment, by one staka, by one charitable donation, you're helping him get this surgery done, his chemo, which he can't afford, and He's poor, it's stuck. So you have two mitzvahs wrapped in one. So obviously that's going to prioritize over other, any other charity where someone just can't afford whatever else is needed. Yeah. Suppose that poor person is poor because he refuses to work. Mm-hmm. <coughs> okay, that's your beef album. But, but what does that mean, refuse to work? Listen, if he, if he, if he yeah, if the person's saying he's offered a job and he doesn't want it, so that's his problem. But yeah. we're talking about someone has cancer in the hospital, they can't work. But you have to support a person. No, because, oh. no. If, he, if he's listen, if it's some like throws, if you give someone money and they throw it out the window, so so obviously that's not. Uh, then you don't have to give them charity. It's stupid to give them charity. So so charity, by the way, we didn't mention. We didn't have, uh, one of the if you look at the Rambam's ladder of how to give, he says the high. We we're accustomed. Everyone quotes uh, JC. Um, Right, and Christianity was saying, you know, teach a man to fish. That's the highest level charity. Actually, of course, everything comes from the Torah. That is the Talmud. J.C. got it from the Talmud. As we know, he, he lived in the times of the Talmud. He was a practicing, uh, observant Jew originally. Um, before, I mean, Christianity wasn't found until much later. But the point is, the Talmud says that. Maimonides, quoting the Talmud, says, the highest level of stock in this case, I'm just addressing this because you mentioned it, is for one to make it possible for indigent not to need the help of others. Right. So the highest level, it says, the Rambam says, is to give someone a job, to, uh, to, to help them invest in a business, like HFLA, just very important. Meaning, giving someone a loan to start a business, small business loan, is the Rambam says, what's higher than giving them a handout. Because a handout, you're going to give them a handout, and then they, next month they have to pay their rent again. So, you, so very nice. You gave them, uh, so you know, t- well, there, there, let me finish my point. So you got to let me finish my point. So you gave someone uh, $2,000, and then next month he needs it again to pay his rent. Okay, and then he has to make it. So you're not really, you're helping them, obviously. It's DACA, but the highest level of charity is to help him start a, a business or do something or give him a job or find him a job with a friend where he won't need to to you'll take care of that need of his financial you make him financially stable so, which is really the the mission i'm assuming of hfla to a certain extent if not it should be which is you're you're helping people not get back on their feet i think it is it's in your oh it's in there somewhere in your hand, hand up not hand out exactly exactly so that says my man is the highest level of charity um helping someone be financially independent is the highest level of charity which is what we're saying from like everyone in the world quotes from JC again it's the town so that's if you look here and you see let me just finish it says by giving a poor person a gift or a loan or find a loan and the man he says explicitly by finding a job in your business or other employment that's the highest level of charity so charity isn't only about the money it's about taking care of their the need if you can make him financially independent or help him get to that stage so that's the highest level of charity so if someone again you offered him a job and he says I don't want the job I would rather watch Oprah all day um, so then, of course, you, you did your, your duty. 
now you don't have to go. Uh, it's not your problem that the guy can't now he's not paying his rent. He's being evicted, so that's what? his problem. Okay, again, it has to be a job that he's capable of, and you know, it can't be off from a job in Burger King flipping burgers because that's usually not going to pay the rent. It's not going to help. Yeah. So, so similar to the idea of a professional shore, we used to say that every community needed a shore so that there'd be somebody to give charity to and get that mitzvah. But a professional shore is... You're enabling him. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that is a problem today um, where you have people who become... The, this is their business. Their business is shnari. Not talking about fundraisers, obviously, where they're right. fundraising for a cause, but many of them, some of them, by the way, also... What? Professional paying Yeah, I'm saying right. So when that's their business, so it's a good question. Again, are they capable? You have to know. They have health issues. They're a veteran. Many of them, they are like whatever. You know, <coughs> not all of them could work. So if they're disabled, that's a different story. But assuming you have people who, especially from Israel, they come here every year. They make a wedding and they're coming. Their whole job is coming. They go from community to community fundraising. And by the way, you have to be careful. There's a lot of scams out there also. Some of these people are richer than you and me. They're because they make so much money. It's, it's really a profession. So you have to be careful. Just a great story with, unfortunately, Gary Katz not here, so I can talk about him. It's, it's an unbelievable story, which in Houston today, the rule of thumb is, at least in the Orthodox community, someone asks you for money, they have to have a letter. There's a board of rabbis in the city, includes Rabbi Wender, Rabbi Gelman, Rabbi Maskowitz, Rabbi Mastery, I believe, and they all, they, the person before they go fundraising in any shul in the city or any door, they have to come to one of those rabbis and get a sign that's actually a laminated letter that's signed by Rabbi Wender saying that this, he checked them out, he checked out the cause. So the rabbi does the research because you know, people are not going to do it, have no idea who they are. You know, and I'll tell you the story in a second, what happened that caused this to go into effect. But basically they do, the rabbi will, the person will have a letter from a different rabbi somewhere else who, who checked them out or call his rabbi in Israel and say, is this guy legit? Does he, is he really making a wedding? Does he really have, does his wife really have cancer and uh, missing an eye and whatever else it says in this letter? So you want to check out the facts, and most people don't have that ability. So the rabbi does the legwork, and then they issue him a letter which says, signed by the four rabbis, and then he can go, otherwise he's not allowed into any of the Orthodox shows. Now this, the thing that initiated this, this, uh, this to happen in Houston was around 12 or 13 years ago. Um, uh, very funny story, I'll tell you quickly. So Gary, Gary Katz, you know Gary Katz, it's an attorney in town, you know? Anyone know Gary? So, so he, he was a single at the time, he had just come, he had just moved into the Orthodox community, and uh, he finished law school and he got a job here, I don't remember what, he was an attorney. And he had, he was living in the Foundry community, and he had this big house, a single guy, so all the guests that would come, you know, they would send them to him, all the stay people that stay for Shabbos. So one day, this, uh, this guy rolls in in like a beat up uh, VW, I don't remember what it was, Beetle or something. He's like clearly living in his car and his 85 year old mother is in the car and they're driving cross country, like New York plates. And they clearly are living in this car and they're going from city to city. And he came into Israel, he was selling like batteries and you know, little knickknacks and asking for money. Um, so it's clear the guy needed the money, but someone recognized him, like said this guy, and he, we asked him his name and he said, sounds familiar. So anyway, he ended up, it was like a Thursday, he stayed for Shabbos, they put him up by Gary Katz. And someone recognized him, and, and he said, I remember something fishy about this guy. So he got his name, and there's, a, there's an assistant district attorney in Israel, Cusin. You know, uh, you know, what's the first name? Mr. Cusin? Mr. Cusin. He's a, he works in the district attorney's office. So he's the ADA. So anyway, so he has access to database. He put this guy's name in the database. 
criminal uh, national database. He came up for like child molestation, assaulting police officers, FBI. Like the guy had like a rap sheet, like literally, like you know, like ten pages long. He's like been wanted by the FBI for like uh, many things. Um, so so this was Saturday night. It was like 12 in the morning. They never told Gary Katz that this guy accused him. All of a sudden, the SWAT team shows up at Gary Katz's house. They surround the house, you know, like lights. I mean, it's literally SWAT team. Uh, Just like come out with your hands up. And this guy's staying in the house with his mother, his 85-year-old mother, and Gary Katz. Gary Katz didn't know what was going on. He comes out in like his boxers, you know. And so he had no idea. No one warned him. The, the ADA didn't warn him that he gave his name to the FBI, basically. So they showed up Gary's guys, they surrounded the house, he comes out, and then they arrested the guy. I don't know what happened to him, but we, had, we actually had to get his mother, we got her at the Seven Acres. And this was 12 years ago, I don't know. Wow. She was 85 at the time. She's we still had there, maybe. <laughs> probably she's still there. So I don't know what happened to the guy, but he was arrested, taken away. So since then, um, we've we made a system where you need to well, come to the rabbi before you. Huh? Yeah. So. Yeah. Many Jewish communities have this Baltimore. And you can't. If you come into the shul or knock on people's doors, you're not. You cannot knock on people's doors unless you have a letter from the local rabbis, which is a very good system. Yeah, people will know a lot. You shut the door in your face. Yeah, you have to show the letter. So anyway, so that's so. I just want to finish here. We got four more minutes. So the point is like this: getting back to the causes. So again, we said the hierarchy is you have um, Torah study, which is again for like Jewish day schools, tuition, uh, helping kids study Torah. Um, not adults, by the way. So like specifically mentions kids in the Shulchan Then you have giving to shuls in general, which is communal obligation, mikvahs, and things like that, equal to um, to someone who's ill. And um, and is also indigent, an ill indigent person, which again today because of the way insurance works in our country, we have a lot of such people who can't afford health insurance, or who have health insurance they're not covering this procedure for whatever reason, they need the surgery. So then, so that, so that's what we're saying that takes priority because you have both mitzvahs. So I wanted to, so I'm going to mention a fascinating case which I think I don't know if you were there, we discussed it, you were for sure. I think you were sleeping, so it's fine. Um, is that uh, the, uh, the, there's a case like this. So this was an actual case discussed by, uh, and it was presented to a rabbi. We have like this. The question was like this. So we presented to Shlomo Zavon Orbach in Israel, where Israel, as we know, has open, uh, has socialized medicine to a certain extent. It's a three-tier system. However the system works, it actually works much better than other socialized countries because they have this three-tier system where you can, you're basically you're paying you can up your tier, so the best tier, you get much better care if you just want to opt into the lower, lowest level without paying anything in or very little. So, so that's the way it works there, we're not getting into the details, but it's still not, it's still socialized. At the end of the day, um, you're not getting the best, you're not going to get MD Anderson uh, care for kids. Okay, so, so there was a kid, the actual case, he needed open heart surgery. He had health insurance in Israel, Kupat Cholim. And uh, even, I don't know who doesn't say what theory yet, but he had health insurance. He went to the doctor, the doctor says, yeah, the kid needs open heart surgery, um, and it's covered in Israel. But they, being a Jewish family, you know, every Jew wants to go to the best doctor in the world. So they came to the States, and they said, we, you know, this best doctor for this type of surgery is in uh, whatever, Sloan Kettering, I don't know where, somewhere in, in Manhattan. And they came to the States, but they couldn't, that's out of, it's not covered, obviously, by the Kupat Cholim in Israel. So they went around, they, the question was, they came to people and said, can you cover our surgery? So whatever the surgery is, uh, give us a number here. Surgeon, heart surgeon, for open heart surgery for a child. All in. 
causes today. So you need to define, that's why it's very important to prioritize them. And that's why, of course, uh, JI and HLFA, second, <laughs> close second, <laughs> close second. For, uh, for your causes. I have a question. Yes. 10 and 12. Why is it Back, the you're obsessed side? with the ex-wife. Why is it the father's side before the mother's side? As if someone asked the question when you went out for your phone call, and I, I don't remember the answer. I don't remember the answer, honestly. You know, this whole issue, though. No, it's, it's not. Oh. There is, a, there is. By the way, uh, so what, there is a thing. For example, it does say in Shalom, and again, it sounds sexist. Sorry for interrupting. Um, which is that it says, let's say two people have the same exact needs. They can't afford their food. And, and I didn't mention, but I'll get back to it. Give me one more minute. So, so let's say it says a male and a female, both have the same needs. Both knocking at your door. Two indigent people. And they both can't afford to pay their rent. So it says you give the female before the male. Why? She because she children. No, children. Postmenopause. No, that nothing to do with children. It says that that to give the female first because for a female to go knocking on doors is is more degrading than for a male. Male, okay, you know, you need something. You go to your buddy, you call him up, you beer buddy, you know, yeah. And it's easier for a male to fundraise, and it's less it's less degrading than for a female. Therefore, it says you give the female before the male. So it's interesting you point that. But I want to say just talk about we didn't address the key point. What happens if you have a contradiction between the two priorities? So we said there's priorities in people and the priorities in causes, in needs. Okay, so let's say food comes before clothing. So let's say your brother-in-law needs needs to make clothing, but a friend needs food. So of course the need, that pressing need overrides. Food always overrides any other need. Someone's starving. Someone literally can't buy food. So they override your ex, number 16 and 17, for sure. Okay, so I'm just saying we have a contradiction in the lists of priority of priority between uh, needs and the person, the needs priority list and the person. So the needs priority, of course, overrides the person priority. What was okay? the answer to the very first question about the, the people versus? I never said it. I skipped it. I don't know the answer. No, no. So my man, he says you do you diversify. Someone brought that up before. It's better to give um, more less to more because the idea is to get used to giving. Um, we want to make sure you, you're used to writing the check. It's always I learned, it's one of the first things I learned in fundraising. Um, meaning, that, you know, sometimes you get upset. The guys, you know, you're, you're asking for fifteen dollars, and you know, the guy gives you fifteen dollars. So you're not supposed to get upset because the idea is to get the guy used to writing uh, the name J or HFLA on the check. The more you, you know, it's, that's a good thing also. So you want to get the person giving giving more people less money is better than so obviously again if someone is a greater need and this you have to fulfill that need someone's starving you gotta give them all everything the, they need 